one of the most strange but also wonderful things happened to me today. Okay. On the way home from work, it is Friday, so I stopped to pick up some weekend beer, uh, some swag beer. And I'm in line at the grocery store, and there is an African-American gentleman about six feet in front of me. And there's a person behind me. And as the person in front of him advances, he says, you can, you can go ahead and set your stuff down. And I was like, okay, thanks. And then he proceeds to check out. And then he says, no, I'm going to pay for that too. Welcome referring to my beer to and shop sandwich shop. bags. Why? And I was like, no, that, that's mine, man. I got it. And he's like, no, I got it. And I was like, okay, thanks. And he didn't give any explanation. He didn't ask for anything or anything like that. He was just... Uh, Paying it forward? I guess. Or did he ask you into his car? No, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, But this is not a pay it forward podcast. Welcome to season seven, episode 15 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is Trevacuation, a.k.a. Trevolunteer Firefighter. Yes. A.k.a. Backtraved. (laughs) (laughs) that's great uh and i'm joined here in the station by my co-host and co-producer shelter in place sean aka smoke alarm sean aka smoldering sean (laughs) we're also extremely excited to welcome back to the show chop shop regular chelsea assessment aka chief officer chelsea aka chainsaw chelsea (laughs) Further description of the show, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Oh, extinguish that. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. (coughs) Smoke. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sometimes we succeed. All right. So that brings us into our first segment, and this is going to be movie news. And so this is where we try to pay attention throughout the week uh, to stories that pertain to our show and that our listeners might find interesting. And it's a little bit lighter week on movie news this week because it was a heavier work week for all of us, I think, right? Yes. Yep. All right. So right off the top, we've got to do an RIP, rest in peace and rest in power to... Alan Rich, he's an actor who overcame the Hollywood blacklist to star in Serpico and Quiz Show. He died at the age of 94. Oof, good run. Wow. Then we've got Noah Centineo has confirmed that he will play Adam Smasher in Black Adam. Now, you know I'm a, um, a layman when it comes to superhero content. Can you explain what Black Adam is? Black Adam is one of uh, Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam's arch nemeses. He is essentially Shazam in a black costume. Okay. Um, And then Adam Smasher is a character from the golden age of comics back in the 30s and 40s, which is kind of strange. makes me really wonder how they're going to piece all this together. And is it going to be related to the Shazam movie that came out? Last I don't year? see how it can can't be because I mean like, that's his whole like, thing. Like I said, when you look at the costumes, you see the same lightning bolt. Okay, interesting. All right, next we've got Parasite star Song Kang Ho to lead a film called Broker for the director of Shoplifters, Hirokazu Kore Eda. And I apologize if I mispronounced everything. Ed Zwick to direct romantic comedy The Making Of with Richard Gere, Diane Keaton, Blake Lively, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, And it will premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, T-I-F-F. That's the Toronto Film Festival, not Tribeca, like I said earlier. Next, uh, this is one you sent me, Sean. Texas Chainsaw Massacre Bloodbath. Directors chopped along with early scenes as pick shuts one week in and David Blue Garcia takes the reins. Next, The New Mutants takes over the Rose Bowl for drive-in movie screenings. This is exciting. We've been anticipating the New New Mutants movie, and we are obviously advocates of drive-ins, but the Rose Bowl? Yeah. That's a stadium drive-in. That's amazing. Next, this is this is your story here. Um, how do you say her name? Shersha Ronan uh-huh. and Kate Winslet 
are going to be playing lesbian fossil hunters uh-huh. in the movie Ammonite. And what was your um, hot take on that scenario? <laughs> they dig for bones, but they don't dig the bone. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right, so that will wrap us up on movie news for this week. And do you guys hear a fire alarm? No? Uh, it must be time for the Fire Department of Corrections with Fire Chief Corrections Officer Dana. And you may ask yourself, well, how did I get here? Hey, you guys must have forgotten to screw up this week. Because all I've got is that Frank Darabont developed and executive produced the first season and the first half of the second season of The Walking Dead. Good job, Sean. What? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? What, what, am, is I doing here? what am I doing this place? Here? I gotta go. I gotta go. See you whenever I'm supposed to. See you. I'm supposed to. I need to lie down. I don't remember. All right. Thank you, uh, Dana, for that. And. You know, Chelsea and I did pretty well too, but we didn't get any shout outs. But maybe we'll get lucky and you'll forget to uh, lock the gate tonight. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. Why are we doing this one? Because it's hot. Because it's fire. <laughs> oh my God. And we're talking about firefighter movies. And so for any. Um, you know, toddlers or English language learners out there. A firefighter, also known as a fireman or firewoman, is a rescuer extensively trained in firefighting, primarily to extinguish hazardous fires that threaten life, property, and the environment, as well as to rescue people and animals from dangerous situations. So I recently, in preparing for this episode, I read an article from a website called firerescue1.com, and they did a poll of active firefighters asking them what their top firefighter <laughs> movies are. I picture, a pole, a I, fire pole. I picture these guys all in the lounge area rubbing their mustaches, yes. thinking about what their favorite firefighter movie is. So I'm going to read a little bit from this article. Uh, can you guess the number one fire movie for firefighters? Spoiler alert, it's not Backdraft. And this is from July 28th, 2020. There are dozens of films about firefighters and firefighting, including many documentaries, silent movies, and comedies. In other words, as long as movies have been made, firefighting has been one of its subjects. And so, it's that time again, time to take a stab at discussing the films about firefighters and firefighting. And I'm not going to describe all these movies, but I'm just going to list okay. the top okay. seven. Uh, number seven is Ladder 49. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number six, Fire, Trapped on the 37th Floor. <laughs> oh my. Number five. Crash Landing, The Rescue of Flight 232. Never heard of it. Me Number either. four, Backdraft. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Number three, Hellfighters. Oh, my. Number two, Only the Brave. Okay. And number one, The Towering Inferno. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so that is our subject at hand this week. And how do you guys feel about it? I think some firefighters are going to come after me when we do the movie marathon. I'm getting a little bit warm in here. So I think that we're in the, the right type of environment. Uh, let's go into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we're going to go around the panel. And we're each going to talk about two films that are uh, within our topic and how they're related to each other and why they might be a good pairing for a public showing. Chelsea, as the CCS regular, would you like to, uh, can I start saying regulator? Yeah. The CCS regulator? Yes. Mount up! <laughs> and so, uh, would you go first with your double feature this week? Yeah. Um, I have a, a Christian firefighter <gasps> double feature. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start with 2008's uh, Fireproof mm -hmm. with Kirk Cameron. And he's very angry in this movie. It's about a husband and wife. Their marriage isn't going well. He's a firefighter, um, and they're trying to repair their relationship. Okay. But, like, he over... He, like... He plays this like Nicolas Cage in every single movie Nick Cage is in. Gotcha. Like, it's crazy over the top. Very nice. I'm going to pair that with 2014's Heaven is for Real. Oh, also Kirk Cameron. Nope. Right? Oh, no, 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 no. This, no, is, no. this is the other guy. Um... He was in As Good As It Gets, right? Uh, Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear, is yes. Is the firefighter. And, um, yeah. 
So I watched it, but I, I didn't really retain anything from this. And I watched it a, a long, well, when it first came out. Well, you know that the fire of Jesus's love burns in all of our hearts. Well, that's why I picked this double feature. Of so. course. Sean? I'm going to go with two comedies. Do since it. Since people generally don't think of comedy when we think of firefighters. But I'm going to kick it off with 1987's Roxanne. Yes, this is the uh, uh, send-up of Cyrano de Bergerac in a firefighter movie. Set. That's right. You got Steve Martin, Daryl Hannah, Rick Rosovic. Uh-huh. And uh, Steve Martin plays uh, C.D. Bales, the large-nosed firefighter who's in love with the beautiful Roxanne. She falls for his personality, but in another man's looks. It's a good movie. We've recast this. I think we talked about it on the Daryl Hannah episode, Yeah, we right? recast this whole thing, so uh, it's worth and watching again. Also, side note, CD are his initials. That's also the initials of Cyrano de Bergerac. Yes. And uh, so we're going to kick the uh, time machine and go uh, 30 years into the future to, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> 20, Adam Sandler? Yeah, it's actually 20 years into the future. And recently uh, discussed Kevin James. Kevin James and Jessica Biel. Oh, okay. Well, and this is kind of a, race. it's an interesting movie, and I'll I'll get into my commentary. Two straight, single Brooklyn firefighters pretend to be gay uh, in order to receive domestic partner benefits. Hmm. So it's an earmark for the time. It's like uh, several, uh, up until it became legalized to marry, mm -hmm. uh, homosexual couples were in this situation yeah. of, of, of trying to figure out uh, how to get their partner benefits and things like that. So let me ask you this. Did they approach the topic of homosexuality respectfully? Um, I think so in that, and it's been a while since I've seen it. They did for the time. Okay. And yeah. they, but at the same time, the, the low hanging fruit, of course, yes. was Jessica Biel was so freaking hot yeah. and was constantly, you know, do you think this makes me look fat? Because she, she felt pulls, comfortable. You know, she feels, pulls up her shirt. Yes. And so a lot of low hanging fruit jokes where they're both, you know, biting their knuckles, you know, going, oh, she's so hot. But um, an okay movie, I guess. Uh, as Adam Sandler movies goes, it's certainly yeah. not his worst. Fair enough. All right. My double feature is going to be a pair of bad, bad firefighter <laughs> movies. Uh, my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Drink. Actually left the house when these were on. Oh, wow. The first one is called Firestorm from 1989, excuse me, 1998. And it's got a 12% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wyoming firefighter Jesse Graves, played by Howie Long, leads a team of smoke jumpers who parachute parachute into forest fires. Inside a penitentiary, killer Earl Shea, played by William Forsythe, devises an escape plan in order to recover a hidden $37 million. He murders a fellow inmate and takes his place in a group of convicts headed out to fight a forest fire. They make an escape, pose as visiting Canadian firefighters, Canada. Andrew. Chelsea. And Buck. I guess. And are ready to look for the loot when retired firefighter Wint, played by Scott Glenn, <laughs> uh, discovers the escapee. Shay's group rescues trapped ornithologist Jennifer, played by Susie Amos, uh, and Jesse parachutes in, but time is running out since the original fire and the backfire will soon combine to create a firestorm. One of the cool things about both of these movies, not that they were good at all, but each movie says the title of the other movie in the movie. Terrible. So uh, the next one is called A Blaze, and it's from 2001. No rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it could be lower. Uh, <laughs> directed by Jay Andrews and Jim Wynorski. So they had two directors, and they still oh. fucked it up. <laughs> Fire Captain Jack Thomas, played by John Bradley, has his hands full when greedy developer Wendell Mays, played by Tom Arnold, oh, arranges wow. for his industrial <clears throat> refinery near the city to catch fire and explode for the insurance money. Not only are Thomas's firemen overtaxed and his veteran hero, played by Michael Dudikoff, oh, God. are in grave danger, but the nearby hospital is inadequate to handle the disaster, leaving the head doctor, Amanda Pays, to cope with internal politics as well as internal medicine. Huh? Uh, so, <laughs> so one of the things that's crazy is the amazing conflict of interest is that 
uh, Tom Arnold owns both the oil refinery that he's planning on blowing up and the hospital that the victims will have to go to. Uh, we also have about three short scenes with Ice-T doing what Ice-T does. Awesome. All right, so yeah, that's my Midnight Devil feature. No recommend from you? No. Hard no. I will recommend Roxanne and uh, soft recommend on Chuck and Larry. Um, absolutely do not watch mine at okay. all. Okay, awesome. You've been warned. I saw the trailer for the Howie Long movie, uh, and I ran the other direction. My review was that he should uh, stick to football slash commentating. It was slightly better than A Blaze, though. All right. I think that means that it's time to go into our feature segment, which is the recast. And it's, this is where we take a particular film that is uh, within our category, and we go around the panel... And we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles. And we've already mentioned this movie a couple times. It's from 1991, 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Ron Howard. It is Backdraft. First, before I do the description, how do you guys feel about this movie in general? It's just kind of boring. Did it, you like, watch exists. it for the first time recently? No. Okay. I've you seen saw it, it back in the day? Mm-hmm. Watched it recently, didn't you? Well, I've rewatched re- it. Rewatched yeah. it, yeah. Recently. Um, Sean? Typical Ron Howard yeah. type movie. Um, better than a Steven Spielberg movie. Sentimental? Uh, yeah, a little bit a little bit of sentiment. A little bit of cinnamon. Um, it was okay. Cinnamon uh, chop shop. <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't mind this movie at all. Uh, it's, it's fine for what it is. There are some underdeveloped uh, plot points like the... Uh, Donald Sutherland character, mm-hmm. aka a la uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, I, I thought that was kind of left to wither on the vine, but uh, beyond that, it's okay. So we've got Chicago firefighter brothers <clears throat> Stephen, played by Kurt Russell, and Brian, played by William Baldwin, have been rivals since childhood. Brian, struggling to prove himself, transfers to the arson unit. There, he aids Don, played by Robert De Niro, in his investigation to a spate of fires involving oxygen-induced infernos called backdrafts. But when a conspiracy implicating a crooked politician and an arsonist leads Brian back to Stephen, he is forced to overcome his brotherly competitiveness in order to crack the case. Does that about cover it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One thing we didn't mention is the crimes that are being committed are very similar to a firebug who's already in prison. So they think it may be a copycat and they go to uh, the prisoner played by Donald Sutherland. And we'll get to that. Uh, First, we've got Kurt Russell as Lieutenant Stephen Bull McCaffrey. Then we've got William Baldwin as probationary firefighter Brian McCaffrey. Robert De Niro as Captain Donald Shadow Rimgale. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Rimjaw. And... Then we've got Donald Sutherland as Ronald Bartell, imprisoned pyromaniac. Got a big recast list on this one. Uh, then we've got Jennifer Jason Lee as Jennifer Vakus, who is William Baldwin's character's girlfriend. Then we finally we've got Scott Glenn, the aforementioned Scott Glenn, as senior firefighter John Axe Adcox. Are we ready to recast? Let's I'm ready. do it. All right. Chelsea, give us your Give us some Bull. Bull uh, McCaffrey. My actor was in The Avengers, mm-hmm. Thor, Snow White and the Huntsman. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Chris Hemsworth. Nice. I can see it. Yeah. He, um, I really like the way that he's, he adds an element of comedy to his roles, even though he's, he could totally just get by by being the big Australian beefcake. Yeah. He, he's like, oh, but I'm funny too. Mm-hmm. That was not an Australian accent. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Sean, who's your pick for Stephen Bull McCaffrey? All right. Uh, first, I want to comment on the age difference of the actors. You've got Kurt Russell at 40 and Stephen Baldwin at 28. However, mm-hmm. when you're, when you see them as children, they're I would like say the they're, there's probably about a five year difference between yeah. the two. So I've kind of cast, two actors that are very close in age with that in mind. So my first actor, and considering that they make mention of their Irish uh, heritage, mm-hmm. and with an Irish actor, he is 34 years old, and he was in Legend, Merlin, Part, and Testament of Youth. He's also been in uh, 
the Crown TV series, as okay. well as Humans, the British show about androids that live in your home kind of thing. Okay. His name is Colin Morgan. Colin Morgan. All right. Very cool. My actor is also 40 now. He was in Step Up. He was in White House Down and Jupiter Ascending. His name's Shanning Tatum. Shanning Tatum is my pick. You guys don't think it's good? I think it's fine. I like it. He looks like he could be a firefighter. He also looks like a little bit like Kurt Russell in this picture. Face value. Next, we've got William Baldwin, who was 28 at the time, playing uh, Stephen's brother. (laughs) He is Stephen's brother in real life. Um, Probationary firefighter Brian McCaffrey. Chelsea, who's your pick? My actor was in The Hunger Games, Independence Day Resurgent. And he used to be in Miley Cyrus. Ooh. I went with Liam Hemsworth. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sean, who is your pick for the William Baldwin role? Um, I went with another actor who's 34 years old as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but he looks younger than my other cast for Bull. Uh, he was in Chronicle, Kill Your Darlings, and he was in Zero Zero Zero. And he played the Green Goblin, Harry Osborn, in the 2014 Amazing Spider-Man 2. I went with Dane DeHaan. Oh, yeah. Dane DeHaan. I like him. He's also in Valerian, right? Yes. Yes, he is. My pick is 28 now. He was also in Jupiter Ascending, coincidentally. He was in The Dirt. He was in Mary Shelley. He was also in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. His name is... Douglas Booth. Douglas Booth. And I think he's just kind of got that brooding thing that was really uh, William Baldwin's only acting chop. Yep. Yeah. Just being brooding. Which one was he in The Dirt? Do you remember? I don't remember, but okay. uh, it was not the one. He, the... Wasn't, he wasn't Machine Gun Kelly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next, we've got the role played by Robert De Niro, Captain Donald Shadow Rimgale. And Robert De Niro was 48. Chelsea, how were you feeling about this one? Um, I, this one was a little hard for me, but I finally found someone. Mm-hmm. He was in Rampage. He's in The Walking Dead. And he was in Grey's Anatomy. I went with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah. I shopped, Morgan I shopped him. Yeah. That's a good pick. I'm Thanks. so proud of you. I always have Can good you be picks. a little more patronizing? I know. <laughs> good girl. Uh, Sean, your pick? Um, so, yeah, De Niro's character was essentially like an internal internal affairs detective almost, mm-hmm. you know. So I kept that in mind in my recast. Uh, this actor is also 48 years old. Mm-hmm. He was in Band of Brothers, uh, The Thin Red Line. He was in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the 2014 version. He was in Invincible, and he had a long run on the TV series Fringe. Okay. Where he played a cop, and his name is Kirk Acevedo. All right. I, you know, I really liked that show, Fringe. I haven't thought about it in a long time. It's a time. good show. It was Highly underrated. All right. My pick for <laughs> Shadow is also 48. He's known mostly as a director, but he also makes a lot of appearances in his own films as well as some other films. He was in Inglorious Bastards, Cabin Fever, Grindhouse and Death Proof, and Piranha 3D. Shopped him. Eli Roth. Yep, good pick. Eli Roth is going to be my Robert De Niro guy. Good round, everybody. Good round. Good job, guys. Next, we've got Ronald Bartell, the imprisoned pyromaniac, played by Donald Sutherland, who was 56. And I'm dying to know where you guys are going with this. Chelsea? Thank God I had a good pick before, because this mm-hmm. is just going to ruin it. But um, he was evil. Like, mm-hmm. he he was like clown creepy evil. And the character was pretty bad, too. Yeah. Um <laughs> Anyways, so I'm not even going to name the movie. I picked Tom Cruise because he's pretty fucking evil, too. Nice. How old is Tom Cruise now? I don't know. It seems like he'd be a right around in the age range. Yeah, he's in the age range. Cool. All right, Sean. Uh, I went with a 58-year-old actor. And, you know, Donald Sutherland, I always think of him currently with his big bushy beard. Mm -hmm. And this actor has sported a big bushy beard before. And I also like taking comedic actors and casting them in serious roles. And oh, I cool. think that uh, this one, 
I can't even give you his list of, of stuff without being it a away. dead giveaway. Uh-huh. But uh, we just talked about him last week in The Majestic. I went with Jim Carrey. Oh, oh okay. That's good. For a split second, I thought you were going to say Nick Offerman. Nope. Uh, which would be interesting. My actor is also 56. He was in, I'm, I went with a few of his more um, obscure and recent movies so that it'll, it won't give it away immediately. He was in Moonstruck. He was in Lord of War. He was in Color Out of Space and Mandy. He's a <laughs> chop shop favorite. I went with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yeah, of course. Nicolas Cage is doing this role basically for free just cause, so he can like go into his cage rage. And literally, like he's in a cage. During his parole hearing? Yes. All right. Who is next? The role played by Jennifer Jason Lee, Jennifer Vakus. She only agreed to do this movie if it had, if the character's name was her own first name. <laughs> and she is the girlfriend of William Baldwin's character. But she's also the right hand person of Mr. Asshole, uh, government official guy. Oh, really? Yeah, she's okay, kind of like his, his publicist or handler or gotcha. whatever. So the, she's kind of compromised. It as puts well. her in the middle, yep. All right. And Chelsea, you're Jennifer? My actress was in Black Mirror. The Martian and the show Halting Catch Fire. I went with Mackenzie Davis. Yeah. I like Mackenzie Davis. Yeah, she's good. Mm-hmm. Another good pick. You're on a roll. Sean? Um, I went with a 34-year-old actress who was in Captain America Civil War, Captain America the Winter Soldier. She's going to be in the upcoming Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series. Oh, I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, she's most recently been in uh, the Resident TV series. But everyone knows her from her stint on the TV series Revenge. I went with Emily Van Camp. Nice. I am not super familiar with her, but I do like that show, Revenge, just because I'm a huge Madeline Stowhead. Yeah. She's Canadian. We call them Stowaways. Stowaways. Yes. Thank you. Finally, we have a name. Uh, my pick is 29 now. She's in The Town That Dreaded Sundown, Derailed. And little sister, and I think she's married to Lip from Shameless. Her name is Addison Timlin. Addison Timlin. Oh, cool. Is my pick for the I like that Vincus yeah. role. All right, then we've got uh, Mr. Fire himself, Scott Glenn, who is 52, playing senior firefighter John Axe Adcox, and I think that he might have gotten typecast because of this role because he definitely showed up in. Uh, one of my double features. Who is your okay pick, Chelsea? With a, with a name like Adcox, mm-hmm. it, it was a no-brainer for me. Um, I went with Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> <laughs> Donnie and not Mark. No, Donnie, because uh, he would he would embrace the name. Yeah, yeah and um, Melissa McCarthy's got to be on set as well, making sure nobody gets vaccinated. <laughs> You mean not Melissa McCarthy? What did I say? You said Melissa McCarthy. Oh no no no! Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. They actually are cousins in real life. Who's your axe? All right, so so Scott Glenn. I think he's like the part of the holy trinity of of like leather skinned Mm -hmm. actors. Who are the other two? David Carradine. Mm -hmm. And Lance Henriksen. Okay. They all look the same. They really do look a lot alike. And I'm pretty sure that uh, that 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 Scott Glenn's skin is fire retardant. Yes. So uh, that's why he was in all the firefighter movies. I saw a picture of Scott Glenn on the internet where his face was photoshopped over David Carradine in Kill Bill. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The similarity. So that in mind, I that was my compass in picking my my actor. He's 53 years old. He was in the uh, film E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, coincidentally, he was in the 2012 Amazing Spider-Man. He was in The Hitcher, and everyone knows him as Pony Boy from The Outsiders. I went with C. Thomas Howell. Nice. Wow, he's still around. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and that's that's good, dude. He's he's like a uh, young Willem Dafoe. My actor. One of the things I was thinking about beyond the kind of leathery skin is also the facial structure. Yeah. He's got. Uh, high cheekbones and kind of sallow sun- sunken cheeks and very gaunt kind of Scandinavian like, yes and so my actor fits that profile he is 52 now as well he was in sleepers he was in big fish he was in Watchmen, the movie version and almost famous his name is billy crudup yep mm. billy crudup's got that 
thing. Billy Crudup is a highly underrated actor. I agree. He is very, very talented. All right. So final thoughts on backdraft. Should people go back and draft it? It's okay. It's If you're bored and it's raining outside, uh-huh. maybe you should watch it. Gotcha. I remember liking it a lot when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it since then, so I'm wondering how it would hold up for me. Right. All right, so I think that it's time to go into intermission, but not before we say, Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some asbestos. <laughs> the fresh man. All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or... And pin your friends down and enforce them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. And multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. Chelsea had to take a hallway duty. And No, no, no. <laughs> when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what is the first one that we're going to try today? Oh, I had to get this one. It just called me from the shelves. It's uh, from Ale Asylum in uh-huh. Madison, Wisconsin. It's Fuck covid Fuck COVID. Also hoarders. Also hoarders. And I'm assuming this is Fivic COVID because it's a big V splitting down the middle of the letters, but hmm. give this a little whirl. Yeah, well, this podcast is explicit, so we can say the real This name. is a uh, 4% beer, so it should be nice and light. Okay, and the style? Pilsner. Pilsner, okay. Am I getting diacetyl? Um, you're getting diacetyl. It is way too malty for the style. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It, it tastes like um, popcorn. Popcorn. Yeah, this like is it. a diacetyl bomb. Um, I've had this Ale Asylum's beer before, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it then, and I definitely don't like this now. All right, so we'll give it not very many caps. All right, well, while we don't enjoy that, we're going to talk about the 2020 Movie Marathon. And this is where uh, Sean and I and Chelsea and whoever else would like to participate Try to watch as many movies as we can throughout the calendar year. The goal being 365. They have to be new movies to us. I check them in with the hashtag 2020 Movie Marathon on Letterboxd and also the Cinema Chop Shop handle on Twitter. Today is, as of this recording, the 241st day of the year. And I am on number 299. I am on 308. 308. 241. Keep it up. Nice. Sean, you want to go first? Sure, I'll go first. I'm going to keep it on theme right out of the gate, and we're going to talk about um, City on Fire from 1979. Okay. Uh, This is a film in which Leslie Nielsen is both the villain and the hero. How did he pull that off? Well, he's a uh, wealthy developer, and um, and it's another refinery fire. Oh, okay. Actually, now that I think about that, he might not be a developer. I think he's a politician. 
and he's cutting corners. Okay. And that's how the whole city catches a fire. City on fire. But he redeems himself at the end by saving some lives and actually gets lauded as a hero at the end of the movie. Hmm. And I was left at just, just sitting there going, what the hell? Not very redemptive. No, he was like, he was like this is his fault, people. Yeah. And so I guess, uh, I guess it's kind of uh, art imitating life. All right. My first check-in is going to be... A movie that I've been looking forward to. We talked about it last week. It's not getting very good reviews, and I can kind of see why. It's called Train to Busan Presents Peninsula, and this is a direct sequel to the uh, highly acclaimed Korean zombie film Train to Busan. Um, My review, true, not as amazing as Train to Busan from 2016, but still enjoyable in a World War Z meets Thunderdome kind of way. Okay. Uh, there, people who aren't part of like the, um, like the community that has kind of established itself in the post-zombie pandemic world, are called stray dogs or wild dogs, and if they get captured, they're forced to fight to the death. Oh. Uh, while also being um, enclosed with rabid zombies. Interesting. Um, I'm gonna check in. Uh, the Firefighters number one movie, uh-huh. The Towering Inferno. Inferno. More like Towering Pile of Shit. <laughs> uh, it's a shame that Newman and McQueen's co-starring film was this two-hour and 45-minute bore. Jeez Louise. They also tried to shoehorn everybody yeah, I was gonna say, it's a into huge this ensemble movie. cast. Right? It's typical of the era with the uh, the disaster films, and uh, like Shelley Winters is in it, among other people. Um it's just, it's just bad. It's the world's tallest skyscraper and they're having a big, you know, reception on the top floor and there's a fire that breaks out at the bottom. And Paul Newman is the architect of the building. Uh, Steve McQueen's the firefighter that's trying to keep everything under control. And, uh, everybody's just trying to get out of the building. And, uh, yeah, Steve McQueen, Paul Newman, William Holden, Faye Dunaway, Fred Astaire, Wow. That's uh, Richard Chamberlain, who we just talked about. O.J. Simpson. Uh-uh. <laughs> Robert Vaughn. Robert Wagner. Uh, the list goes on and on. It's a huge cast, and it's just it, it slogs at two hours and 45 minutes. Gotcha. It feels like four hours. All right, my next check-in is number 297, and it's called The King of Staten Island from 2020. Also, a firefighter movie. Yep. Did you guys watch this? Not yet. I haven't seen it yet. All right, so I'm not going to do any spoilers, uh, but I will say that I'm not sure why I was so apprehensive about this one. Maybe because they were charging money when it first came out. <laughs> um, turns out I loved it, and I can relate to a lot of the themes. Uh, great performances from Pete Davidson, Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, Machine Gun Kelly, and Steve fucking Buscemi. Oh, nice. Who was an actual firefighter and a um, hero of 9-11, even though he didn't try to take any credit for the work that he did there. Really liked it. It's I gave it five stars. Very cool. I need to check it out. Um, I've cracked open another beer since this one was so bad. So terrible. I don't um, know what to do with the. So I've opened up um, Copper Legend. It's an Oktoberfest beer. Okay. And somehow we've gotten Jack's Abbey. Down here in the South. Jack's Where is Abbey, Jack's Abbey? In Framingham, Massachusetts. No shit. And uh, they are a long time great brewer of craft beer. So this should be redemptive. Oh yeah, so much better. Yeah, lots better. I also am a fan of this style only this time of year. It's a very good fall beer. True, true. It's a little warm right now outside, but in a few weeks we'd be yeah. loving this. Okay, so my last check-in of the week. Uh, this is a film that I did not know existed, but I'm sure glad I checked it out. It is from 1984. It is Tawny Katane's first feature movie titled, in short, it's called Gwendolyn. But the real title is The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. What the fuck is this about? Tawny Katane plays the daughter of a of an archaeologist or adventurer or, or explorer. Or paleontologist. And he's gone missing, and she's on the lookout for him. It starts out in Bangkok, I think, or, mm-hmm. or Hong Kong. And uh, she finds a, uh, an, a guide who's very 
surly and uh, masculine and handsome. And she's a virgin, by the way. I should also mention that. That plays into the story. So it was definitely Hong Kong and not Bangkok. <laughs> but they, uh, I, had, I had very low expectations of this uh, film, and justly so. However, Tawny was adorably cute in this TNA fantasy flick. Uh, Chris Kattan's sister? No, no. This is the woman who was married at one point to David Coverdale of Whitesnake. Oh, no she was the wife in Bachelor Party. Is she the girl on the hood of the car? In the... Yes. Yeah. Okay, her. nice. Um, so if you want to see her very nude, uh-huh. uh, check this out. You will not be wasting sure do, your Rick. time. <laughs> uh, are you ready to do a check-in, Chelsea? Uh, yeah, I only have one. Okay, um, that's cool. I watched a documentary about... Chelsea's David... check-in of the week. Right? Um, I watched a documentary about David Foster. Uh-huh. And it was pretty cool to see his his career and how much he is in the music industry in terms of like now the tell everybody artists. at home who right, david foster is please oh he's a he's a producer okay. um songwriter from anyone from celine dion chicago michael buble i mean the list goes on and on okay. he's he's everywhere so a fairly modern producer um and so it's a good doc yeah i liked it it cool. was interesting cool deal uh, is that three for you, Sean? Yep, three for me. All right, my last one. I have not actually checked this in yet because I just watched it recently. Haven't had a chance to, but it's going to be number 299, and it is called Superman slash Doomsday, and it is a DC animated uh, feature from 2007, and it is an adaptation of the comic The Death of Superman. I was kind of... Uh, it was remarkable to me how much the DC animated features have improved in just 13 years because they're actually pretty good now. I consider the DC animated films to be on a par or sometimes better than their live action movies. I agree. So it was, um, it was okay. Uh, we've, we've heard the story before, uh, recently and before and before, uh, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible but not as good as the more recent DC animated films. It's interesting to see how a studio develops over time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me do one more check-in before we bust into the second part of our feature. Uh, this is called um, House Oktoberfest. <clears throat> this is from Edmunds Ost down in uh, Charleston. And this is a uh, Oktoberfest beer with a 6.3% alcohol. All right. So we've been stair-stepping up. All right, so while we enjoy that, should we get into the second part of our feature segment? Let's. Which is The Recast Continued. Part two. To Alarm Fire. And the movie that we're going to talk about is from 1989. It's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, directed by Steven Spielberg. Sp Am I saying that right? Spielberg? Uh, it's called Always. How about never? How about never? Uh, aerial firefighter Pete risks himself and his vintage World War II airplane in a constant and death-defying quest to fight forest, forest wildfires. Much to the dismay of his girlfriend, Dorinda, his love for Dorinda and the advice of fellow pilot Al convince Pete to give up his perilous career. But he flies one last mission. Pete heroically saves Al's plane from certain destruction, but with supernatural consequences. Uh, so, spoiler alert, I, I think I also mentioned this to you at the time, the theme of this movie, the plot of the movie, is very similar to that of Ghosts Can't Do It. It's very similar. Yeah, so basically Richard Dreyfuss's ghost, after he dies in this plane accident, fire, crash, uh, sticks around and still tries to court his girlfriend but she has a new love interest uh is that about right yeah it's pretty close i guess the big distinction between the two uh bo derrick could talk to anthony quinn uh-huh and that's not the case good in this point film. very good point all right so the roles that we're going to recast first we've got pete sandwich not sandwich played by richard dreyfus who was 42 at the time then we've got his girlfriend uh dorinda dorinda durston played by holly hunter who talks out of the side of her mouth. Holly Hunter. And she was 31 at the time, so we're supposed to believe the 11-year 
age difference. Hey, that's not too unbelievable. And then we've got best friend of Pete, Al Yaki, played by John Goodman, who was 37 at the time. Then we've got the new love interest, Ted Baker, played by Brad Johnson. A uh, really short career, by the way. Really? Mm-hmm. On his movie credits. Huh. Uh, then finally, we've got The Angel, very similar to the angel played by Julie Newmar in Ghost Can't Do It. Her name is Hap, and she's played by Audrey Hepburn, who was 60 at the time. Do you think they called her Hep on, on set and they just changed it to Hap? And Possibly. The... Weird. Maybe she just goes by Hep and that was part of her writer. First, Pete Sandich, played by Richard Dreyfus. Chelsea, who were you thinking about for this one? So, Richard Dreyfus is such a gem and I gushed about him last week. Um, so I wanted my actor to, to be lovable. He's always gotten on my nerves. I love him. Okay. So I picked Jonah Hill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Sean? Um, I went with a 42-year-old actor. Um, he's a bit of a chameleon. He can do a lot of different roles in a lot of different ways. Uh, he was in Argo. He was in 12 Years a Slave. He was in Frank. He was in Monsters. And he was in True Detective. And he was in Halt and Catch Fire. Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary. Very nice. Uh, he's great no matter what. My actor is also 42. He was in, or he had a voice role in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. He's in Drinking Buddies and Digging for Fire, two mumblecore movies. And he's also in Let's Be Cops, but most people know him from the show New Girl. His name's Jake Johnson. I like him. Jake Johnson. I think he's got enough of that awkwardness to play a Richard Dreyfuss role. Yep. Next, we've got Dorinda Durston. Dorinda. uh, Played by Holly (laughs) Hunter, who was 31. Chelsea, who's your Dorinda? My actress is in The Handmaid's Tale. Mm Mm-hmm. And not much else. I went with Madeline Brewer. Oh, yeah. I think you've chopped her before, right? I've chopped her. You did. She did. He did. Um, She's recently been in a couple of movies, but it, it didn't print what they were in where mm-hmm. I caught her and yeah. she's really kind of an up and coming yeah a very talented actress yes yeah I like that Sean um, I went with a 31 year old actress uh, she was in the to-do list mm-hmm. the final girls whip it and arrested development I went with Aaliyah Shawcat yeah chop chop favorite Aaliyah Shawcat there's a reason <laughs> oh by the way I don't like Holly Hunter yeah, that's true. Um, do you want to expand on that? I just, I don't... I, you don't care for her? Outside of... Uh, raising Arizona. Raising Arizona, which capitalized on her really bizarre speech pattern. Mm-hmm. And the piano, which she didn't speak too terribly much. She hardly spoke at all. So those are her two best movies for a reason. Yeah. She's terrible. Hmm. All right. At me. I won't tell her you said so. My actress is 30 now, and this is a straight up face value pick. Uh, she's in a recent movie called Wild Rose. She was in Judy. She's in Beast. Doolittle, the recent uh, Robert Downey Jr. Doolittle. And she's going to be in the upcoming Charlie Kaufman film, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Her name is Jessie Buckley. All right. Is Holly Hunter reincarnated. Uh, so next we've got Al Yaki. We call him Wacky Yaki, uh, played by John Goodman, who was 37 at the time, probably in the height of his Roseanne fame. Yeah. Probably. Um, close close to King Ralph. Not far behind Barton Fink. Yeah. All right. So, Chelsea, who is your Al Yaki? Um, again, John Goodman is just a ray of sunshine. Yeah. And so I needed someone. How do you do it? I. Y- you can't, but I wanted to see these two together because um, I think they would bounce off of each other really nicely. I picked Seth Rogen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I chopped him, or I shopped him. He's good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really, really, really like American Pickle. One of oh, my that favorites was of the that movie. was really good. Favorite movies of the year so far. So good. Sean, um, I went with a uh, thirty-eight-year-old actor. 
Um, he's in pre-production for a TV series called Santa Inc., where he plays Santa Claus. He's a and the I think you're mispronouncing it. I think it's pronounced Santank. <laughs> um, he is announced to be in an upcoming TV series called Invincible. He was most recently uh, playing the role of Susan in the TV series Future Man, and I hear he makes a mean pickle. It's Seth Rogen. Ah, you nice. guys did it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, well, you're both going to love my pick. As, I don't know. I, I think we're unified in our front I here. I think so. Uh, I don't know. <coughs> my actor is 39. He is Canadian. Andrew. Chelsea. And Chelsea. But. Maybe. And he's in Love After Anne as Henry VIII, The Art of the Steel, Score, a hockey musical, <laughs> and most people know him as Squirrely Dan on Letterkenny. Nice. His name oh, is yeah. K. Trevor Wilson. That's That's great. good. So. I still like got, mine better. Yours is good. Yours is good. I don't know. I kind of like the Squirrely Dan pick. Squirrely Dan! Also, John Goodman's character on Roseanne was named Dan. No. Ooh. And so next we've got Brad Johnson, the new love interest, the <clears throat> new kid on the block, so to speak, played by, no, Ted Baker, played by Brad Johnson, who was 30 at the time. And Chelsea, who's your Ted? So pretty much he's just eye candy. And so I needed eye candy. Mm -hmm. And um, my actor was in The Duff and The Babysitter. I went with Robbie Amell. Oh, yeah. Is it he's, Amell or Amel? I don't Amel. know. I think it's Amel. I mm. just wanted to from, have from, conviction. He, he was in Arrow, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah he mm -hmm. is. Oh, no, no, no. That's his brother, Stephen Amell. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're brothers. Oh, he was in, uh, was he in Revenge? Is he a dish best served cold? Sean, who's your I don't your know. Pick? He's just pretty. <laughs> All right, so my pick, my actor is uh, <clears throat> 31 years old. And this actor was in So Undercover, Project X, and the Pitch Perfect film. Mm -hmm. I went with Alexis Knapp. Okay. Um, I'm giving it a little twist. You did. All right. I was, I was wondering. Her love interest is a woman in this movie. All right. And so that's really going to make well, Richard Dreyfus mad. Well, that's what I was thinking. It's yeah. like, can you imagine the character like is pulling like... pulling out his gray yeah. hair. Because he's like, he's like, wait a minute. We were together and I was a guy. And yeah. he has to reconcile the fact that she kind of goes both ways. Yep. Not bad. Not bad at all. Oh, neither is that beer. This one, I like the first one better. But yeah. This one's not bad This one's either. not bad either, but I do prefer the uh, uh, other one. My actor is 29 now. He was in... Dr. Doolittle, the Eddie Murphy version. He was in Little Monsters. He was in Stuart Little. But most people will know him from Jerry Maguire. It's Jonathan Lipnicki. Oh, wow. Jonathan Lipnicki. He's all grown up. I've seen his photos before. Mm -hmm. All right, finally, we've got the Angel Hap, played by Audrey Hepburn, 60 at the time. Amaze me. I don't know if I can. Okay. I picked Patricia Clarkson for a couple okay. of reasons. A couple of reasons. Yeah. Tammy number one scares the shit out of me. I'm terrified of her. In Parks and Rec? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm okay. scared of her. But you see her in something like Easy A where she has this comedic role. Mm -hmm. And she's wonderful. She's this like nice little mix. She can do everything. Yeah. She's I very do, good. I do love her. I get her confused with Edie Falco. Uh, How? I mean, he just does. I do. It, it, yeah. is, it happens. It's oh, a, okay. It's a uh, disconnect, <laughs> cognitive. And Sean, your pick for Hap? My actress is sixty years old, and uh, the way I see it, that uh, she's going to help uh, him navigate this world of his living love, kind of going mm -hmm. towards the uh, the ladies. So uh, anyway, uh, she was in Wreck It Ralph. She was in Role Models. She was in American Dad and Criminal Minds in some parts. She was in A Mighty Wind and Glee. I went with Jane Lynch. Yeah. She's nice. the angel with an agenda. I like it. <laughs> All right, those are both pretty good, but mine is amazing. My actor is, my actress, actor, actress, uh, is 60 now as well. 
And Audrey Hepburn was British. Some people don't know that. Uh, <laughs> this actress is English slash French. She was in The English Patient, Four Weddings and a Funeral, The Horse Whisperer, and Darkest Hour. Her name is Kristen Scott Thomas. Okay. Okay. It's Chris, Kristen Scott Thomas. And in my visual aid, just for you in the room, they're folding their arms in the same way. Wow. I fold my arms sometimes, too. It's impressive. <laughs> All right. So final thoughts on Always. I don't like this movie. Didn't, I didn't care for it. I didn't really like it either. Yeah, it's kind of hokey. When I was in college uh, in my dorm, our head RA, he was a little bit of a, a, a Christy kind of guy. Okay. And he had a big movie collection, but it was all wholesome movies. Yeah. And, and this, this was, was one of them. And this was one that we had to watch. And well, for the most part, Steven Spielberg's movies are fairly wholesome. Yeah. I just, this, this hits on all of the bullshit Steven Spielberg tropes for me. Yeah. And the whole time I'm, I'm rolling my eyes, just this is so stupid and gotcha. insipid. Well, I don't hate it as much as you guys, but I'm not going to give it a solid recommendation. I'm going to give it a, a meh-commendation. <laughs> meh-commendation. <laughs> All right, so that's going to bring us to our final bonus segment. Are you guys ready? Yes. It's going to be a battle royale between incendiary opponents. Oh, God, here we go. Smokey the Bear oh, versus dear. Blaze the Trail Cat versus Fire Marshal Bill. <laughs> oh, my well, considering that I've already recast Jim Carrey this episode, uh -huh. I'll have to go with Fire Marshal Bill. And for the listeners who are too young to know, Jim Carrey got his start on In Living Color. And one of his signature characters was Fire Marshal Bill, who's a burn victim. He's a burn victim. <laughs> always setting himself on fire. Let me tell you something. And uh, Smokey the Bear goes without saying. Blaze the Trail Cat is the mascot for the Portland Trailblazers. Well, I guess we know who, who are, you're picking. Who are right. about to be eliminated from the playoffs oh, on Sunday. Sorry. Is Dame, Down three to one, man. Is Dame still hurt? Is his finger no, still? No, it's his knee now, it's man. He sprained his knee. He had to leave the bubble. Too bad, man. Yeah. Love him anyway. Chelsea, who are you going with? Um, I think I'm going to go... With the mascot for your team. Because oh. I want brownie points. Kiss ass. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a degree in brown nosing. All right. So uh, with that, we're going to wrap it up. I want to thank the Chop Shop regulator, Chelsea. Woo. Anything you want to plug this week? Trivia. Uh, right answers with wrong, wrong Travis. Travis. And also, I want to thank the engineer and my co-producer, Sean the Brew Boss, anything you want to plug this week? We're one week out from the food truck two-day extravaganza uh -huh. at Seminar Brewing. Fall Food Truck Festival? Sure, call it what you want. And on October 10th, we have our Oktoberfest. And homebrew and competition. And homebrewing competition. It's free to enter. You just need four 12-ounce samples. And the cutoff, we didn't know this last week, but the cutoff is the day before. Day so before. the 9th is the cutoff. Which means we're going to be... Judging the beers the day of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lots of them. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be a lot. I like that you said we because I'm I'm going to participate as well. I think you are already. Yes, yeah, uh, staff and the brew and the owners. Yeah, the brewers. Yep. We want to, or I want to ask you. Do you know what next week's episode is? Um, period dramas. I mean, what what subject are we going to talk about? Period dramas. And we are actually waiting right now on my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Who's going to be a guest on that episode to actually pick the films. And I swear I will light a fire under her ass when I get home and then extinguish it. Uh, so <laughs> With your hose. Yes. My uh, sneak preview <laughs> question and answer for this week's trivia is... This 1997 Italian period drama slash comedy was directed by, starring, and co-written by Roberto Benigni and won three Oscars. What is the title of that film? Life is Beautiful. Very good. Chelsea, have you seen that one? Uh, I have not. It's worth watching. It okay. really is. Watch The Bicycle instead. The Bicycle's good, and it was that was uh, an influence. Yeah, Absolutely. Sure. All right, we want to plug the podcast itself. You know what? First, I want to plug Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. Um, hey, how about the NBA? 
the NBA stepped up big in time. In solidarity to mm-hmm. not just the players, but the league itself. They yeah. issued a joint statement. That mm. was cool as fuck. Yes, to I see agree. them in a united front. I thought it was so cool. It makes perfect sense. Uh, same thing goes for the Milwaukee Brewers baseball team. Yep, they sat out their game because and the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, are well, yeah, up three one in their series. They were going to forfeit. Yeah, and potentially so, not win their series. So these are athletes that have the world scope kind of uh, in focus. Yep. And realize that they're just playing a fucking game, mm-hmm. and the There's best more way, important thing, and the best way for them to call attention to real issues is not playing the game. Exactly. Very good. All right, now we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcatcher apps. We're also hosted natively online at cinemachopshop.podbean.com. We're on Twitter. We are at cinemachopshop on there. On Facebook, we're cinemachopshop. Our email is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. And the beers that we checked in today, we will check those in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Finally, farewell to you, the listeners, the Chop Shoppers. Thank you for tuning in. And please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. Tip your firefighters. Wait, people don't do that. (laughs) 